This is the Equal Yoke Podcast. Hosted by husband and wife, Zach and Morgan Hill, this show exists to promote family theology within the context of an equally yoked marriage that plows ahead for the gospel and Great Commission. We've got work to do, so now let's plow ahead. All right, welcome to the Equal Yoke Podcast. My name is Zach Hill. And I'm Morgan Hill. My lovely wife. Hi. Hi. It's cold out, isn't it? It is. It's frigid. It is frigid here in central Kentucky. Well, we are here uh, in the Hill household in the study recording an off-the-cuff episode of the Equal Yoke podcast. We're going to plow ahead. It's about as off-the-cuff as you can get unless we were like, here, let's draw this from a hat. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) But it's something, this topic that we want to yoke together on um, is one that's fresh on my mind. But today we are going to be talking about a theology of, drumroll. I don't know how to make that noise here. There you go. A a (laughs) theology of pets. Theology of pets. Let's just be honest. That sounds pretty weird. It does sound pretty (laughs) weird, but this is something that is very fresh on my mind. Um, At the recording of this this particular moment here. Um, last week, uh, my family lost a uh, a little wiener dog, a little Dotson that we have had for 14 years. And, and it really honestly struck me thinking about it. She was a part of my life for half of my life. Yeah. We got her when I was 14 or 15. Um, so she has been in our, our lives for for half of my life um and her name was rosie and she was the sweetest thing for those of you all that are listening that know me and my family she was just the the sweetest little dog had a a big personality you know you always talk about dogs having personality and all that stuff but she brought so much joy to our family um to my mom and dad to me and then you know our kids got to to be a part of of it uh experiencing rosie I know Atlas was always wild with her, wouldn't he? A little timid. Yeah, but it was, where's Dog Dog? Yeah. That's what he called she her. She licked my finger. Yeah, and <laughs> so we, we lost her. She uh, she passed away, um, unfortunately, and just suddenly, um, a couple, of, you know, last week at the recording of this. And so that was very heartbreaking, lots of tears shed. Uh, we we uh, enjoyed her very much, and she was very much a part of our family in the sense that she she brought joy to everybody that was in our family. And in the wake of that, Morgan, I'll, I'll let you take over from here. So in the, this was not... It was not planned. It was not planned. Um, it wasn't planned solely because of what happened with Rosie. Right. This, I've been trying to get my children a pet of some sort for probably a year now. And it, I finally cracked Zach. He finally was like, okay, we can get a bunny, and I want to give it to our kids for Christmas. But long story short, the thought of trying to hide a bunny and getting it on Christmas Eve day started overwhelming me for them to see on Christmas morning. So I was like, you know what? Let's just go on and get it. Rosie just passed away. Our daughter was very heartbroken over that. So I was hoping this would help cheer her up. And so I went and picked up a rabbit 
five days ago. Yep. Five days ago, and it's already been an adventure. It has. And if you're curious, I know that there are, someone is curious out there. Yes, the rabbit's name is Jellybean, just like the hamster from Cocomelon. Cocomelon has hit the, the Hill household, unfortunately, like a plague. <laughs> I hope that doesn't get us banned because usually if you talk about anything that has to do with the plague, you get, you know, censored. But it has. It's just come out of nowhere. <laughs> Thank you, JJ and Yo-Yo and Tom Tom. Look at me. I can name them all. I was going to say, you can name more than I do. Unfortunately. <laughs> the most views of any video of all time in the hundreds of billions it's wild. Anyway, a theology of pets. Now, how in the world does this have anything to do with the Christian worldview? How does this have anything to do with with talking about family theology? Well, it actually is quite applicable to what we would call family theology, and it is quite applicable to a Christian worldview. And so, Morgan, I want to read this uh, portion of Scripture here uh, because this is kind of like the basis of what we want to talk about here today. I'm going to pull up here on my phone so I don't accidentally hit my mic and make a big, loud clank. Um, and this is what it is. It's it's Proverbs 12.10. Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. And so what... Um, is being advocated here is the person that has deep regard for the life of his beast is actually a very, portrays a righteousness, portrays a a quality of righteousness, and that last part, the 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 B side of that proverb, um, is actually what it's implying is. Um, if a person shows no mercy to, to animals, then why do you think they're going to show mercy to human life? They're, they're proving themselves quite wicked. Now, before we get down the rabbit hole, <laughs> see what I did there? I'm assuming you didn't mean to do I that. I did not, but, but it happened. It works out. <laughs> before we, uh... Go down this trail. Dang, that works too, doesn't it? It does. Hopping down the bunny trail. Hopping down the bunny trail, bunny foo-foo. I just want to state, this is not a theology of animals, okay? Because you're going to have someone out there saying, well, what about, you know, first century or biblical times that was an agrarian society? So you're meaning, you know, cows and horses and sheep. We can have that discussion some other time. And that this actually probably does have some general equity towards that. But specifically what we are wanting to talk about is a theology of pets. Did Jesus have a pet? I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, Jonah had a pet for a day. He was a little little worm, and he hated it. Um, we we see that that animal life is is esteemed. Why is it because we're from the the same primordial goop? Is that you what you think it is? Is that why we should esteem animal life, Morgan? No, it sure is not. No. But we see that whenever we bring a pet into our home, whether it be a dog or a cat, and, and, and yes, we are quite cognizant that various pets, uh, they, they vary across cultures, right? 
Um, you, you can go to a, an Asian country and um, you're not going to see the same sort of pets in the homes of those people as you would here in the West. Nonetheless, bringing a, an animal into our home uh, and treating it properly is actually a quite righteous act, and it's based in the dominion mandate given um, to Adam in the garden. Uh, you read in, in Genesis 2.19, what was, what was one of the very first tasks of Adam? God brought him all the animals. To name them. And he named them. This was to sh- signify authority, and it was also to di- differentiate between man and beast. Um, we, we did not evolve from beasts, and uh, animal life is not of the same value as human life. However, it is life, and it is a beautiful thing. And so what do we mean when, when we say a theology of pets? Well, how, how does that have anything to do with God whenever we bring, let, let's just use the bunny into our home? Well, as we have been showing with uh, specifically Nova Atlas is still a little bit too young to understand, this is an opportunity to display stewardship. Now, this is something that I did not have growing up, and this is not to throw shade at, at my mom and dad at all. Um, they worked their tails off, you know, six days a week. and have time for that. Um, and my dad was super anti-pet for a long time. And it probably honestly was because of that. Um, we lived in the country. It would have been completely fine to have a dog. He, I, w- I would take that back. He did try that one time, a little beagle puppy. And the dogs, either the dogs next door or some coyotes killed her within mm-hmm. like two days. So sad. Broke my heart. Her name is, I still remember her name. Her name is Penny. Yeah, I was in fifth grade. The reason I remember that is it broke my heart. I cried. And my dad was like, never mind. We're never doing this again. And, you know, my family is in the car industry, the car business um, with auctions. My dad auctioneers and all that stuff. And uh, he brought a Corvette home the next day to cheer me up. And it it worked. (laughs) I know you just lost your dog, but here's this pretty car. Yeah, here's this. And at the time, that was the it was the new body style. It was a C, I think it was a C five. It's like a ninety eight, ninety nine. It was is pretty pretty sweet. Anyway, um, you know, I, I didn't have that opportunity. Yeah, did, I didn't did, have it either. Did you? I mean, I mean, we had an outdoor dog, but it was like it was a stray dog. Mm-hmm. I think the mom died. This happened before I was born. It was when my sister was younger, and I think the mom had two dogs, and the mom got hit by a car or something. So both dogs were left in my yard and by the time that i was born the other one had died as well and then we were left with this one he had gotten hit i think by a car but he survived and so like his back leg he just kind of drug it along he was super chill but all we did was tie him up and he hung out outside all the time and i brought him food in a bowl that was the extent of i don't really feel like that was a pet honestly it was more of just like, here's a chore of going and taking this dog some food so he doesn't die. Yeah. And I had no emotional attachment. Like when he right. died, I didn't cry. Like I didn't have an emotional attachment to him. And you know, I th- obviously we can sit here and say like, yes, some, some pets are inside pets. Yeah. Some are outside. Some are a hybridization between the two. They come in and out. Right. We, that's why we see dog Doggy doors. doors. Right. <laughs> um, 
But you know that that you've never really told me that. I knew that you had a dog. I didn't know that he was you know had been hit and had some issues. Like in a way that that actually saddens me. Not because I'm like some far you know, radical, like, PETA supporter, where I'm going to, like, go scream at a restaurant, like, ah, that, you know, stop eating meat, or all that stuff. Yeah, you're definitely not screaming that. No, I, I very much enjoy um, carnivorous <laughs> lifestyles sometimes. But um, that is sad, simply because, like you said, that was life, and it was probably a, a life that the the dog... What was the dog's name? Rainbow? Yes. He's probably happy to see you, but it was just like here. It yeah. was very nonchalant. And that is honestly a byproduct of, uh, this is my personal opinion, a byproduct of just the devaluation of life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any other pets at all growing I up? I had a turkey. My husband still doesn't really believe me. If it wasn't, I have this on VHS. Yeah. Yes, Which, would you like to explain video. what that is to the younger cl- crowd, what a VHS is? It's like a really large tape that you stick into this thing called a VCR, and it magically plays it, but not like a DVD. No. It's not as convenient as those things. No. Um, but anyway, so I don't know if you'd cla- I would classify it as a pet. It was a wild turkey. And it showed up at my grandparents' farm, came up on the porch of the trailer. I was three years old. Why they let me, why they let me kind of just do what I wanted with a wild turkey, that's beyond me. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and I would not allow that to happen. But anyway, luckily it worked out good for everybody, and it didn't attack me. So I don't know what was up with this turkey, but it was very calm around me. It would let me ride it. Yes, I literally rode on the back of a turkey. I'd fluff up the back of its feathers. Like, we had a good old time. Um, I think I had it for almost a year, and it did get hit. You have a problem with... I have a really bad problem with animals getting getting hit hit by cars. We probably do need to keep our bunny inside. Yes. Um, But I was told that it ran away. Like, they didn't tell me it got hit. That also could be a lie. Honestly, (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if somebody shot it. Yeah. Like, they lived out in the middle of nowhere. Somebody probably shot it and had it for Thanksgiving, if we want to be <laughs> honest with this. But I was told that it ran away yeah. with a girl turkey and had a family, and they, like, went on with all those stories of, like, oh, we see their kid, his kids oh, all man, the time, and it was so lovely. So enchanting. And then uh, I was actually on a girl's trip with my family when I was 15 years old, and my aunt mentioned that my turkey got killed, and I had no idea that that happened, and I... I did actually. I got emotional then because I did have an emotional connection with yeah. this turkey. Uh, well, I had a wild animal for a pet as well. Yeah, yours is weird. Um, mine was a raccoon. His name was Rocky. He was a fantastic pet. Smart, the smart, one of the smartest animals that there is. People do not realize how smart raccoons are. Um, are they not gross? No, very meticulously. Don't they hang out in the trash though? Yeah. They like because they want food, but mm. but Rocky, where we fed him and stuff, um, he loved bananas and he could peel one because they have little little hands that are like they ta- they feel like human hands almost like little it's almost like a monkey. Yeah, sort of. And he could peel bananas. He loved bananas and chocolate. And uh, but he was a very f- fascinating pet. We found him in a 
a vehicle at the auction at my family's business and raised him, bottle fed him, raised him, everything. And he was a wonderful pet. And um, he actually did go off and start a family. Unlike your turkey, he well, probably I'm glad. got. He probably he got. He probably yeah yeah got he probably, lit, got eight. He probably got lead poisoning. Um, but Rocky did. He left one day and went out into the wilderness there in the countryside where we lived. Was gone for like a week, and then he came back, honestly, to, I believe, to say goodbye because we watched him walk back across the road, and he never came back. Like, he just came to say goodbye. And it was it was very fascinating. Did I ever tell you about the time? Sorry, you're talking about raccoons. I just feel like I need to state this because it was a very strange experience. So when you talk about a raccoon, it kind of freaks me out. Because I was at my cousin's house, who actually lives really close to us, when we were in middle school. I don't remember what grade. And we had a bunch of people over, like a bunch of girls, spending the night. And she had a fenced-in backyard, and there was a trampoline. And I mean, it was probably like middle of the night. And her parents just let us go in and out, jump on the trampoline, have fun, eat snacks, all that fun stuff. And we left the door open. And it was the middle of the night. And a raccoon came in the house. And it hid from us underneath of the couch. And it was a very terrifying experience. We had to try to get it back out. It was not fun. So, like, that's my take on when you say raccoon. Like, that's what I envision is it kind of gives me trauma. Are you triggered? I am. I, it triggers me. Raccoons trigger me. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> that's pitiful. Anyway, before we get way too off into left field, sharing how we really, I mean, we really didn't have pets. Like, mm-hmm. it had Rocky, and it was just so obscure that my dad was like, yeah, if you can keep it alive, you know, to, to my mom and stuff. And we did. Um, he was with us for, for a while. But there, there was never this, um, this Christ-centered, Scripture-centered um, processing here of, you know, this is, this is an animal that we are going to bring into our family, into our home, and take care of, and this is a this is a God glorifying thing, and it is a righteous thing because it is stewardship. Um, if we cannot steward life, and we do not care about life, and we're not thankful for life, even of an animal, then it is very much like God's quip to Jonah at the very end of of him being mad that Nineveh actually repented, and God says to him at the end of of that. A narrative there you know jonah what if there were some cows in the city do you like cows would you at least um be happy and want the city to be spared of uh fiery judgment if there were some cows in there and jonah like kind of shuts his mouth because he realizes um you know life is is a precious gift from god and when it comes to to pets um it is a precious gift and it is a wonderful opportunity to teach our children, one, the the fleeting nature of life, like Colette talks about in Ecclesiastes, that it's fleeting. Um, it, sometimes it seems very much like, like he says, a striving after the wind or trying to grasp a fog in your hand. It, it just, it's so quick. It also teaches our children, whenever we center it around the Word, like that Proverbs twelve ten, of the importance of of stewardship of of hey, um, we need to care for not only our our animals but for what God has given us, whether it be um, having proper stewardship through financial uh, resources, whether it's stewarding the earth, 
um, whether it's stewarding um, your time, whatever that may be. Um, you know, obviously I, I'm bivocational and all the others. I honestly try vocational school as a full time. Um, and you're you, you homestead with the kids and, and you do all that. You're with them more. What have you been incorporating with Jelly Bean with them uh, and specifically Nova? So most of it's with Nova right now, like you said. She's five, and Atlas is just two, so <laughs> trying to get him to take care of a pet is not really going to happen right now. But I, I would say that this has probably been one of the most hands-on things that we've been able to do with the kids to actually show um, visibly what stewardship is because, you know, with these other things, like... They don't understand finances. Right, like like financial stuff and economic stuff. Yeah, that's... Like, Nova, like, understands, like... Tithing um, and she, stuff. Well, she understands that, like, you know, the financial aspect of, of giving back unto the Lord. Because we went through... Uh, I, they, I think Nova actually understands the physical aspect because she we went through the old, some of the Old Testament with her. And so she understands, like, oh, hey, you know, if they had... 10 pieces of fruit, this is what... The, so she's starting to understand yeah. that. But even when it comes to finances, it's still not very clear how money yeah. works. And I agree with what you're... I agree it is. Yeah. Because even if you... Not even just like with tithing, like obviously we've explained that to her. But so for an adult, stewardship is not just giving God, you know, your first fruits. It's also using what's left wisely. And then with time and everything like that. And so this has been very beneficial for us just in this first week because it's it's made her see, okay, I'm responsible for something that's alive. And it's not just mommy and daddy taking care of me and then me learning to take care of myself a little bit more. I'm going to start stewarding something besides what's inside me. And so she has been... And I think we've we've explained to her like this word stewardship um, means responsibility. Yeah. Why like loving responsibility? And she's, of, of she's something that is the Lord's. That. Like this is what the Lord has given you. Um, even though mommy went and got the rabbit for you, like this rabbit was created because the Lord created it, and this is one of His creatures, and we're going to take care of her and. You can't just not do things. So she's found that out very quickly. Um, if she skips cleaning the cage, there's consequences to that. There immediately is going to be some odor that is going to bother us. And then her rabbit is going to be in distress because she's going to be dirty. Um, you can't just forget to feed her. You can't forget to water her. So she's seeing these implications of, okay, I have to kind of take control of some stuff because if I don't, someone else is going to suffer it. My negligence. Yeah, and it's so it's so wonderful because um, I, I really honestly believe it's it's actually making some of the scriptures click with her. Mm -hmm. It really is. So when we say, "Hey, we need to be good stewards," and we go read about um, you know the various parables that Christ uses concerning that, it starts to click like, "Oh, like it's it's about being responsible." And so, you know, one thing that that I want to touch on this is going to be a shorter episode just because this is fresh on my mind, and I kind of sprung sprang this on morning this morning. It's like I want to do a theology of pets, and I said, "Um, what's that?" What? Mean? <laughs> um, 
the the theology of pets. It's like the um, secret life of pets. the secret life of life of pets, but it's like the really you know um, the Christianized version. <laughs> but talking about this also kind of um, piqued some thoughts in my mind about. Uh, when when people use the phrase like dog mom, so now we're gonna swing to the other side yeah. of like how, how far is too far? Yeah, how far is too far? Like when we say we bring them into our families, we do, we do bring them into our families, whether that be a dog, a rabbit, a cat, a bird, a fit, you know, whatever that may be, or or even a um a, a farm animal, you know, a horse can very well. That's what we're getting next. Yeah, sure. It's very well uh, can be classified as a quote unquote a pet, and you take care of it. But it's 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 slightly different, obviously. Um, but when we swing the pendulum to another direction and say that that they are our children, our children, um, you know, that's something that I'm a little leery of. Um, I, I do understand that that pets are very therapeutic, and they are, and there are many Christians out there that that genuinely would say yes and amen this is a great stewardship opportunity it is a wonderful gift that the lord has given us of life um to take care of and it and it points us uh ultimately back to him providing for us um but to swing and say oh you know dog mom um you know i'm again i'm just that 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 doesn't settle well with me just simply because what that is is an elevating of animal life to equality with human life, or rather the opposite. It's the de, um, the de- demoting yeah. of human life to nothing more than animal life. And in a society that wants to say um, that, um, you know, famously, I believe it was the PETA director like 10 years ago or something like that says, uh, a dog is a rat, as a boy is a, is a pig or something like that. So it's saying like, it's all the same. It's not. It's not the same. And yes, we are to love our animals and we are to take care of them, but to equate them to children or to equate them to human life, I believe is is stepping way over the bounds. I, listen, I understand fully. I can tell you multiple people off the top of my head who do so enjoy their animals that, that cannot have children. I, I can't. Yeah. And I understand, like, I get it. But what what we're hitting at, though, is this has become really big in our generation. Yeah, it's it's become, like, you can even go buy a hat that says dog mama. Like, you can buy wardrobe items that say these things on it. And I know specifically of individuals who promote this because they're like, I don't want kids. I just want animals. I don't, I don't need a baby. I don't want a baby. But I love my dog, and I, I'm I'm their mom, and all this stuff. And it's like, mm, no, no, it's not the same. It's absolutely not the same. I, I, you know, if you need to to do some sort of of acrobatics to say a a, a dog or a cat or whatever, like you're their you're their parent, and that's your child. Um, that's a that's idolatry. Again, we go back to that episode that that animal is is not a child, and to say that you are their parent and that they're your they're your fur baby, I hear that all the time too. Yes. We 
are desensitized to how precious human life is. Well, I think we're seeing that right now. I think, I don't remember who it was, but I saw it was on the topic of abortion. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a meme form, possibly. And it stated something along the lines of, if instead of killing babies, I'm not even going to say any other word because it's a baby inside of a female. Instead of killing babies, if we said that Planned Parenthood and all these other places that do abortions were killing baby puppies, people would go insane. Right. That's why we saw such outrage that there was testing going on with these beagle puppies, right? Yeah. That people were absolutely outraged. But God forbid that we use aborted babies for medical purposes and nobody cares. Yeah, or let's just do it because the woman doesn't, you know, oh, it's, I'm just not ready yet. Yeah. Um, no, it, that just is outrageous to me that we would, uh, we're going to equate pet life with human life. And that's not to say, again, please hear us saying we are to love our pets. We are to enjoy them. We are to steward them well. We are to want the best for them. And but just how, like, I can say that I love my brother or sister in Christ, I love you differently. Yeah, absolutely. Just as you say you love the sunrise, that's different than saying you love your child. Loving another human being, especially someone as, as your child, someone who you as a woman you had in your womb for nine months, that's not the same as saying that you love an animal. Right. And we are to have uh, emotional attachments to these animals. That yeah. is, that I is even, a- I caught myself already this week. So we tried to put our, our bunny outside. We kept her in for two, for two days and she was just, I'd originally planned on keeping her outside. I bought a hutch, did all the, all the nine yards. I wasn't just going to put a cage outside. And, we tried it out because it was starting to get a little smelly, um, but I will say Nova had, had lacked a little bit in the cleaning area, um, so we put her outside. I was like, whatever, this is what we're going to do anyway. She'll be okay, and I immediately, like, I'm not even kidding you, I, I came inside, and I was like, I started feeling bad. Like, I felt guilty for putting her outside because I was like, well, we've already done this, and we're she's gotten acclimated with being in the home, and she's actually back inside now. Yeah. Because last night, I went and checked on her, and she had not drank. She was in on like a fluid almost strike. Almost a whole day. She really was. She was like, I am so stressed out. You are not going to keep me out here. She was hardly eating, refused to drink. Anytime you open the top of the hut, she was trying to jump out. As soon as we brought her back inside, chill. Yeah. Ready ready to go, living her best life. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, individuals say, oh, that's a stupid creature. That's smelly. Uh, that's a, you know, that's a rabbit. That's not a dog. That's not a cat. Okay. Yeah. But guess what? We, we've, we've just simply decided to have an indoor bunny and it's yeah. bringing a lot of joy to our family. Can, can you have an outside dog or outside rabbit? Yeah, absolutely. Sure this isn't a hard and fast rule. And if that's what, if that's what you as a listener is getting bent out of shape about, it's like, I can't believe you do that with a rabbit. That's just so silly. They're, they're disgusting creatures. Actually pretty clean, honestly. <laughs> they're one of the most meticulously clean creatures and... They're, a, a, again, hear the bigger theology of this. This is a wonderful opportunity for joy of our family and stewardship. Do all pets work out? No. We had a, we had a rabbit 
a little oh, tiny geez. rabbit. When Morgan and I first got married, we thought we wanted to have a little pet. Um, and especially where, when she was pregnant and, and a little bit home at more, um, it didn't work out. No, it didn't work out. Not. Um, but we have this fresh on our mind and we just wanted to share this and, and have a little dialogue about, um, whatever that pet may be, whether it's a fish or, a you know, whatever. Oh, I had a turtle too. Remember when the little turtles were big back when we were in middle school? Yes, and Nova, actually, yeah. we went to the pet store a today, turtle. and she was like, you can have a turtle for a pet? Yeah, it was a was little like, turtle. Yeah. And this was when they were illegal. I had an illegal turtle that was smuggled across the, the Why world were they for illegal? me. I don't know. That was, probably, that was probably a lie that I was told. It probably was. To make it seem like more <laughs> desired. Like, this is an illegal turtle. Don't really? Tell, don't tell anyone you have it. I have to have this turtle. <laughs> oh, you want to know a funny story? Turtle uh, had the turtle. Uh, and then we found Rocky and raised him. And um, uh, Rocky, um, when I wasn't watching, ate your turtle. Ate the turtle. That's disgusting. popped him right out of his little shell and swallowed him whole. And uh, yep, once so, again, watch him raccoons, y'all. Raccoons. They'll eat your turtles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, turtle man. Um, whatever that pet may be, it's a it's an opportunity for stewardship and to righteously care for a piece of life that God has endowed upon this earth. And ultimately, um, for me, if, if we take care righteously of this little rabbit or, or a dog or whatever it is, then I pray that what it does is, is in our children instills a reverence for life, simply life yeah. itself. And that whenever life is sacrificed, and this is the, the kind of the one little touch on the theology of animals in general when life is sacrificed for us um whether that be a cow or a chicken or something that feeds us when we sit down and we say lord you know thank you for this meal and all this stuff it should not be done haphazardly like we should realize like an animal like god has allowed an animal to be sacrificed for us to to sustain us um for his glory and our benefit and that in a way, we it we really should honestly be thankful, yeah. Because it's so often like whatever those are dumb chickens mm-hmm. and dumb cows. And again, I'm not some radical PETA protester, but I will say this. Um, and I know people that farm. I mean, we were having dinner with friends that farm, and um, we we had fresh lamb, and it was amazing because I love Greek food, and, and and they made us Greek food. And they're like, yeah, you're eating Sean and somebody else. Like they named it. And so like we were kind of joking and stuff. And it's like, but but they'll even, they wouldn't even would say like even the kids, like people don't realize how hard it is. Like whenever you're a smaller farm and stuff like that. And you, you, um, one of your, you, you harvest one yeah, of you, your animals. It, it, all, it hurts. And you know what? It's supposed to. Yeah. Because we see that all creation is groaning because of the consequences of the fall, like sin infecting the world, and it should hurt because those are beautiful uh, things. Now, what happens if a big black widow spider gets in your house? Should we go, oh, it's so nice? <laughs> uh, no. Um, it, it can kill me. It can hurt my kids. Um, I'm probably going to squash it. Does that mean that I need to? I mean, there's other options, but in the moment, I'm probably going to squash it. You better. Um, now, if we were in a place and, and that was able to be caught and you were in a place that they were doing like research on that kind of stuff, you know, 
if you can catch it safely, yeah, I mean, you don't have to kill it. But that's a whole other topic. Yeah, let's not go there. But hear us when we say that pets are a great um, gift from the Lord. And um, let us, you know, drop us some comments whenever this this uh, comes out. Like, what, what kind of pets do you have? What's the best pet you've had? What's the worst pet you've had? Um, because they really are... This nothing is arbitrary. Nothing is neutral. Pets are not neutral. That's yeah. what we've keep talking about in this podcast. Nothing is neutral. It's either no, under the truly, lordship of Christ. Exactly. You have you truly have to bring everything in under the lordship of Christ and look at it through a Christian worldview. That's I mean that's what this is stating. Who would have thought that you would you would be able to listen to a podcast about the theology of pets? But it, you should be able to do theology of input anything in your life because it should all be under the lordship of Christ. And, you know, here's this old outdated Bible that doesn't make any sense to anybody anymore. We don't need it, right? But it speaks exactly, and it's a one little phrase. And there, there's other scripture as well. The, a man is righteous when he takes care of his, his animals. Yeah. That, that's a beautiful thing. And you know why? Because whenever we, we see the uh, Sarah McLaughlin, in the yard. And it's the little the little chihuahuas like oh shaking like in a drain pipe, and you know, and you're like it it tugs at your emotion your 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 emotions. You know why that is? It's not because the it's the the song. Well, the song is probably it probably you does help do that <laughs> manipulating. But you look at that and you go, "There's something wrong with that." Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. There is. Um, that doesn't mean we all need to become crazy cat ladies and, you know, just every, you know, open our homes like anything that wants to come into my house. Come, I shall be to you like Noah and I shall love you and, <laughs> and care for you. That's not what we're saying. But that feeling when you see that, that, that there's something wrong with that. Yeah, there is because it is something that God has given us to steward. And so often because we are sinful and fallen, not only do we not steward well and we and, and not um, properly take care of things in our domain such as animals um, but we also don't do that well with the rest of the earth and certainly not with ourselves in human life and that's yeah. why we pray as Paul would pray uh, in Romans 7 we do what we ought not to do and we don't do what we want to do a wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this body of death like who will, will set things right and help us to have the proper lens to begin fixing those things thanks be unto Jesus Christ and so I think that's a perfect place to to stop to uh, with this it's a little shorter but thank you for for yoking together with us on on something that may seem a little arbitrary but again it's not because nothing's neutral a theology of pets you know look for it in a theater near you starring you know, I'm just kidding. What, what's the what's the the Secret Life of Pets? We've watched it a couple of times. What Duke and Max? That's what the, yeah. the dogs are called. Um, favorite animal? Everybody has to agree. It's Snowball. <laughs> of course, it's a bunny. Obviously, but, right? My a favorite crazy part, one. My favorite part is whenever he's like, "Man, you remind me of my boy Ricky. You cold blooded." It was a duck, I think. Tiny I don't know. dog. Yeah, tiny dog. TD. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the Equal Yoke podcast. And until we come together to yoke together uh, about a, a specific topic next time, Christian brother, Christian sister, go out there and plow ahead joyfully linked up for the gospel and the Great Commission. I'm Zach. And I'm Morgan. And we will 
talk to you next time. We won't see you. Yeah, we we will talk you. to you next time. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>